everyone, and welcome to Minute 20 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast, where we take a wild trip through the 1987 John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again to finish off this week is Alan Sanders of The Wilder Ride. Welcome back, Alan. Hey, I made it to the end of the week. Friday, the weekend is upon us. That's always fun, isn't it? Uh, yeah, unless you're, you're traveling with Dill. Then I don't know about that. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> if you're stuck with Dell trying to get home for Thanksgiving over a weekend, that may not be as fun. Yeah, it might, it might be a little less fun. I don't know. So yesterday we, we discussed the whole fact that they finally get to this motel room and they have to deal or Neil is dealing with all the problems in, in with the shower and Dell is quietly unpacking and, you know, leaving his stuff all around the room. And then Dell walked over to the to the bed and he sat down and is looking lovingly at this picture. And that's how this minute begins. Okay, minute 20 begins with Dell sitting on the, the bed, staring at a picture frame. And it goes all the way till we see Neil beginning to dry off his back with a small towel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is pretty story. funny. My story for today relates exactly to this moment. Okay, but, the end but, of the... all right, wait until the end of the minute for that. I'll save though. it. I'll, I'll, save it. I just, I'll, I'm, I'll tease, but Ooh. I know uh, I was waiting for that one for this minute from the right. story. Great. Looking forward to hearing that one. So Dell looks over at the picture, and then we actually get a shot of the picture. We see a picture mm-hmm. of a woman. Now it's the the actress who's used for this photo is named, her name is Susan Isaacs. She was born in 1962, which means that she is 25 years old at the time that this movie was filmed. Now, I don't know if that looks like someone who's 25 or not. (laughs) She does look a little bit older. Yeah. Some people just have that. Unfortunately, some people just look older, but then it works for their favor later because it feels like they never age. And then there's some people who, always look like they're way too young to be in the grade they're in, which then they turn around and love when they get older in life and they realize, oh, I, I don't look like my pe- people my age. So Exactly. Uh, she, she definitely has more of the of, of a matriarchal look to her already. Yeah, completely. And, I mean, as we mentioned yesterday, in the script it mentions the fact that a picture looks 15 years old. So that would mm. sort of make a little bit of sense there also. You know, yeah, just do is a little bit of the 80s still poofy versus maybe a mid-70s or late 60s, which depending, you know, 15 years ago. I don't know that I would have thought about it until you read the script. I just thought it was a picture of somebody younger than him, but never would have put two and two together about anything else besides just that, obviously a wife, because the way he treats it, and just maybe it's an old picture because he's just too lazy to get an update. Right. That could be also. Now, how how my dad was like that his whole life. My dad carried a picture of my mom in his wallet from when they got married and then another one from when she first had me. And I felt like that's always the pictures. And finally, when I was a teenager, I was like, Dad, do you you want to put a newer picture of mom? He's like, I just never thought about it to me that she's always looked this way to me. Okay. now, how old do you think John Candy was when they made this movie? I thought he was in his 40s. It kind of has that late 40s look. Right. So John Candy was actually 37 when they made this movie. Okay. He was born in 1950. 
Okay. And he he passed away at the age of forty three. So he didn't he didn't make it as far as as the way you think oh, he looked. Okay. Now and how old do you think the guy that kinda always looked older. Yeah. And how old do you think Steve Martin was when they made this movie? Oh, I I, I thought he was in his mid to late forties as well. Right. But so he's he was, always had that salt pepper gray hair, so he always has an older look. Yes, yes. So he was forty two when they made this movie. So yeah. So Susan Isaacs is an actress who has had thirty one acting credits. Nothing really stood out for me on on the type of TV credits that she has that she has, except for the fact that she was on two episodes of Quantum Leap, which is one of my favorite shows. I, I don't remember her in those episodes. One of them was the wrestling episode, and there was another one where she was the daughter of this legendary gunfighter that uh, Sam leapt into. So I I don't remember. She wasn't that memorable from there, I guess. And she has 11 movie credits, including she was in Scrooge. She was in War of the Roses. She was in uh, Delirious with John Candy just four years later, where she actually also played a character named Marie. Wait, is that the one where he's the soap opera writer? Yes, it is. And everything he starts to write in his hotel room starts to come true in the town the next day? No, it's it's he has a uh, he has like amnesia. That? He has amnesia and thinks that he's living in the soap opera world, if I remember correctly. It's somebody I remember he would write scenes and they would come true, or something would play out and he didn't like the way it was going and he would rewrite the script in his room and it would change the facts the next day. Mm. It's well worth watching just for that. I don't think it's that movie. I think I think you're you're confusing that with something else, if I remember correctly. Because from what I remember, it's it's just somebody who has amnesia and is living the life of a uh, of he thinks he's living in in the soap opera world. Right, but he's he's able to manipulate with what he's writing. I remember that because he would always go back to his room and he would rewrite scenes because he thought it was all happening in his head. I don't know. Could be. I, we're, I don't thinking, we're thinking the same movie. Muriel Hemingway yeah. is in it. Uh, yeah, Raymond yeah. Burr's in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, my wife and I watched it not that long ago, and I was like, I because I remember going, I've never heard of this movie. Right. I saw it not long ago either, but I, I didn't like it that much actually. <laughs> yeah. It it will not be one of my top five John Candy movies. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you also, it's not in my top five. Whenever we uh, whenever we get to them. Okay, very good. <laughs> so Dell looks lovingly at this picture, you know, just sitting there enjoying his cigarette by looking at it, and you see he gets a big smile on his face. And then we're 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 back in the bathroom with Steve mm -hmm. Martin getting ready, trying to figure out what to do in the shower. There's no water. He's standing there, and then the water starts coming out. And I'm not sure if the water is supposed to be hot or cold. I think it's supposed to be hot, but it could be that it's supposed to be freezing. It could be either. I get that it's super hot because of the way he's trying to grab just enough of it to splash the soap out of his face, but he could barely touch it. Right. It could be. No, but if, if, if you have freezing cold water, it's the same way. Yeah. I, but Okay. We won't know unless you've got the script and it says a blast of hot water or a blast of icy cold water. But you ask my opinion <laughs> based on his body <laughs> acting. That's the first thing that pops in my head is that it's all of a sudden super hot. Right. Um, the, the script doesn't mention anything about that, so we'll, we'll have to 
Well, we'll have to we'll have to just assume that we know the answer to that one. What do you see? Like, especially towards the very end, just before it cuts out, the way he's acting, trying to almost like he's trying to reach to touch the faucet and he can't get to it. Yeah, yeah, it's hot. That is hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's see? he's he's burning himself when when he keeps uh, touching the water. You're right. He's trying to leave. You see his hands like ha, ha, I can't even reach it off. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He, you you are right. I. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny though. Yeah. <laughs> now, what's funny is the fact he still has soap in his eyes, so he's like touching it blindly throughout the entire thing, trying to to, to figure it out. Now we we go back to Dell just sitting on the bed, you know, quite leisurely. He has his cigarette in his mouth. Remember earlier this week we talked about the fact that there was a sign that says if you're smoking in bed, and we don't know what it means, but if you're smoking in bed, make sure. <laughs> Hopefully he's following. Yeah, because he sounds like a rule follower. <laughs> He, he's a rule follower, but he also does whatever he wants to do at the same time. Right. That's, uh, I'm being, yeah, being hyper sarcastic. Like, no, but he is. Even, no, I think he. But I think he is a rule follower. He's a rule follower to a point. You know, he's not going to do anything beyond the the scope of a rule. But once he's there, so he's gonna, you know, he's gonna move things a little bit to either side. You know, he's gonna play around with it, but he's still gonna stay within the parameters of a rule. That's what I think. Okay. He's got a moral center, but it's ambiguous on the edges. Yeah. That's what I would say. Like, he has no problem helping somebody get a room with him, but then he has no problem taking 20 bucks out of that guy's wallet. <laughs> no, but again, first of all, he didn't do that in the movie. He only did that in the script. Right. But maybe but... <laughs> maybe his his point was at that point was is that he was going to, you know, give it back. You know, he's just borrowing that money. He, he'll give it to him when he takes his money out of his wallet later. When he finds his wallet. I don't know. I think I've got the way to say it. This guy, Dell, lacks self-awareness. Yes. Yes. He doesn't true. understand when he is encroaching on someone's comfort. He doesn't understand what's not acceptable in a, in, in a public situation. And even what we're going to see here in the bathroom doesn't even really think about the concern or care of others when it comes to what he's doing for himself at the time. Yeah, completely. So you also see on the bed that there's, besides the, um, the phone book that we, that we talked about yesterday, there's also like a towel thrown over the bed and there's another towel on next to the TV. There's like two towels on either side of the TV. And I'm wondering where that happened because I don't remember yesterday seeing those towels there do you remember seeing them i don't think i don't remember i didn't i didn't pay attention to the tv um and is there a is that the phone book by his foot or is yeah. that supposed to be a box it's, i can't I, tell i believe it's supposed to be the phone book remember we discussed it uh, yesterday about the phone book being right but i see something open past it and i'm wondering i guess that is that could be the phone book i was almost wondering if that was the edge of the pizza box that we no, he's got, but we kind of, it's kind of hidden by his foot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, first of all, I went back and just looked at yesterday's minute and those towels are all there. Well, we just didn't they notice them. Yeah. They're all there. There's even one on the, on the bed. Uh, is right. that the pizza it, box? It, 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 hmm. It's That's... hard to tell. Cause it, does it look like the phone book from the other day? Cause you were right. The, it looked like a phone book at the foot of the bed initially. And it may be, it may be, it just, for some reason after, now I've got it in my head because of what you said that they shot, <laughs> that 
that he's got the pizza box on the bed. No, it is a pizza box. It's not the phone book. That is actually it looks like a it looks like a pizza box. Again, I could I could be wrong, but it looks like a pizza box. That's what I thought based on the angle coming off of his uh, one. I guess that's his slippers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what those are. They they look like the you know the type of slippers that people people use. You know the you see them a lot in old old movies where people are walking through mountains on the snow. You know they have the their tennis racket uh, shoes. So that's what oh, right, it sort yeah, of looks like. The snowshoes. Well, yeah. So I don't know. It could be. That's very but, interesting. But uh, yeah, those little fuzzy with just a, a a light sole, so to walk around the house. But yeah, you get the sense that they're just really thick and and furry. Yeah, completely. So he places the 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 picture on on the. Uh, I don't even know what you want to call it. <laughs> on the little shelf, the nightstand. It's not even a nightstand because it's 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 hanging. You know, it's it's connected to the bedboard. It yeah, doesn't it's even a suspended right little shelf. It's a suspended little shelf that he puts it. So it also shows the type of person that he is. You know, he's he's making himself at home. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, okay, this is where I'm going to be tonight. And even if you know what happens in the end of this movie, or if you don't know what happens in the end of this movie, I don't think it makes a difference because it shows the type of person that he is. He lives on the road. Okay. Again, it doesn't matter if he has a home to go to or he doesn't have a home to go to, but when he's at work and when he's on the road, he makes every night his home, wherever he's staying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He takes, it takes a piece of wherever he believes home with him. He's got his pillow. He's got his slippers. He's got the picture. Right. Just makes him feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, he looks over and he sees a little machine on the side of, of the bed and it says on it, tingling relaxation and ease. <laughs> so it's 25 <laughs> cents to make the bed vibrate. Okay. Yeah. One time in my whole life, we were staying at my mom and dad. It was just me and my, my, my one brother because we only had the two of us at the time, the two brothers. Um, we stayed at a hotel that had, quote, the magic fingers bed, and I was so mad my mom and dad wouldn't give me a quarter to do that. <laughs> I don't know why, if they thought it was because it was a dirty thing or it was associated with motels where you come to for just a couple of hours. And But for some reason, as a kid, I didn't think, I didn't know anything about that. I was just, I wanted to feel what the bed was like when it vibrated. Exactly. So... He puts that quarter in there and, and lets the lets the bed start uh, vibrating on its own. And he continues smoking. And now he reaches over to Neil's side of the bed to take the ashtray. Mm-hmm. Now, while he's doing this, we can actually hear the TV. The only dialogue we hear today is dialogue from the TV. And this, the, the quotes that we can hear are, you don't have to be a rock and roller to wear a pompadour. And you hear the expression, you're the boss. Now... I was trying to figure out where these are from. And to me, I listened to it. I must have listened to it about 20 times just to try to figure out who's talking. And it sounded to me like this was Bugs Bunny or something like that. And I went and did a really, really deep search to try and find a Bugs Bunny quote where he would have made this, you know, a a cartoon where he made this type of quote. And I couldn't find it. Now, on IMDb, Hmm. it mentions that it's from Underdog. But I wasn't able to really. And, but I, and I, I looked through to try and find that out, and I couldn't find the quote on Underdog either because it doesn't sound like something from Underdog. It really did sound to me like it was Bugs Bunny. 
Yeah. Well, and the thing is, I was trying to see if it even matched up, which it doesn't necessarily have to match up what's on the screen. Well, you can't you know, see what's on the screen. Audio from something else. Right. But it didn't look like a cartoon to me on the screen. But it sounds like one, doesn't it? Yeah. It does sound like one. It sounds like I was a cartoon, but then it looked like live action on the TV. I, we got such a hard angle. Yeah. But I didn't. It didn't have the color, and maybe because it's a maybe a black and white TV. But with this angle, it's so hard to tell. But it didn't look like a cartoon. Yeah. I, I again, I wasn't able to figure that one out. So anyone out there who knows what this really is, if it is Underdog, tell us where it is in Underdog. Absolutely no two clue. I, I I searched it. I couldn't find that either. So and and what's what's annoying sometimes about IMDb is is that you don't get the full gist of things. If someone is is making a connection, a movie connection, you know, they just say, okay, underdog, that's what's playing on the thing. They don't say which episode or anything like that. That that would have been much more helpful. So yes, nothing we can do about that. That's what we got. <laughs> so he's just. He's sitting on the bed. The bed is vibrating, and he continues smoking and is, you know, putting out his his cigarette in the ashtray the whole time, you know, flicking flicking the ash the whole way through, watching cartoons, I guess. Or if we go according to the script that we mentioned yesterday, he's watching some religious program. I don't know. It doesn't sound like they would say rock and roller and pompadour on a religious program, but you never know. Maybe Jerry Falwell did have things to say like that. I don't know. That's the other thing. If it's supposed to be a cartoon, why would they be showing Underdog in the middle of the night? I mean, no kids are up to watch cartoons. I don't know. Maybe he's on uh, Nick at Night. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bef- before there was Nick at Night. No, there, there was Nickelode- There was Nickelodeon in the eighties. Yes, there was, but I don't think they were showing Underdog cartoons in Wichita, Kansas, in 1987. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> But I'm saying it's it within the realm of possibility. It's it is possible. <laughs> it's not impossible. It's possible. Mm. <laughs> okay, fine. fine. I'm gonna vote. I'm voting nay. <laughs> okay, so you tell me what it is that he's listening to. <laughs> I, I I don't know because, like I said, the first thing I thought of was it sounds like it might be a cartoon, but it doesn't look like a cartoon, so I have no idea what he's watching. Right, but but again, uh, rock and roller and pompadour. I mean, you'd think maybe it's like an Elvis Presley uh, phrase or something like that, but it's not. I mean, I couldn't. Every search I did for those words on the internet did not bring up any movie that has both of those words right next to each other. Hmm, that's strange. Don't know. You would have thought some movie nerd at some point would have come up with what that scene is on the television playing. If, right. The if closest it I came, was a real scene, unless it was just a fake thing that John Hughes created. That could be too. The the closest I came was I found a website that that has movie quotes where people have to guess what movie it's from, and they use this quote, you know, and, and the the answer is obviously playing Shazam Mobile, not Underdog. So that didn't didn't really help. <laughs> mm. But that's also not a fair quote to give someone for a movie, you know, to quote something that's on TV. It's not like they're saying, I'll buy that for a dollar or, <laughs> right. you know, the other Robocop uh, type of stuff. Who knows? Then we, we go back to Neil in the shower. He's finally figured out a way of of washing himself off. And he pulls back the curtain and you he looks completely exhausted from his shower. 
And then we get a shot of the sink area. Oh, this is one you have to freeze frame. If you've not done this watching the movie, you owe yourself the time because there's too much to take in in the speed at which it goes by. You've got to pause it. That is correct. Now, first of all, we go back to the musical keys. We get the the dun-dun-dun with the <laughs> musical key that this is not what you would expect. Now, this there's just so every much here. time I look at this bathroom sink. It's hysterical. Right. So, I mean, you can see a whole bunch of things here. First of all, the whole area is a complete mess. There are four wet towels strewn on, on this area. You see a nail clipper. You see a hair dryer, toothpaste. You see uh, there's an ashtray with cigarettes in it. Okay. So my first question is, is when did Dell have time to do all this? <laughs> I don't know. The fact that it's he not mentioned it, I mean, the fact he left it all out, but you know, the one thing that stands out to me and it, and I, I never honestly got the first thing I noticed the, watching it through towels. The second was just generic mess. You left all your crap, but then I look, you've got an open bottle of, of, uh, my lack, uh, my No, Pepto, Pepto Bismol. Yeah. But Mylacon, you got Mylacon gas tablets. You've got an right. open bottle of Pepto-Bismol closest to frame that looks like it's half drunk. You've got another bottle of what looks like Rolands. You've got a uh, Phillips Milk of Magnesia. You've got another Pepto-Bismol in his little toiletry bag. Like this dude is just nothing <laughs> but gas and indigestion nonstop. Correct. So I, I wanted to actually go and, and discuss some of the, the various things that we see here. So Listerine. When do you think Listerine was invented? It's probably been around for a long time, given that the original Listerine flavor tastes almost like gasoline. <laughs> okay, so Listerine was actually pioneered as an antiseptic for surgery in Scotland in 1865 by a doctor known as named Joseph Lister. Okay. Then... In 1879, this guy named Joseph Lawrence in St. Louis decided to, to use it as uh, – as to, he brought it to America and wanted to use it for other things. So it's an alcoholic-based formula that includes uh, eucalyptal, menthol, methyl, sal salicylate, and thymol. And nobody knows the exact uh, measurements of all these because that's still a – a trade secret. It was used originally as a floor cleaner <laughs> and as a cure for gonorrhea. Oh. Okay. Yes. Just, and then in the yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then in the 1920s, it was actually it began to be used as a solution for chronic halitosis. Yeah. Okay. And at that point, that's when people started becoming more aware of the fact that there was something known as halitosis. Mm. People didn't care beforehand that, you know, people had, had bad breath. So there's a famous quote that says, Listerine did not make mouthwash as much as it made halitosis, meaning that people became more aware of the fact that, that other people had bad breath once they started having Listerine and they were trying to solve this, this problem. So they were basically trying to solve a problem that people didn't care about <laughs> and until they made them care about it. You know what's crazy? You know? 
because you look at that size, like that's the full size. That's not a travel size bottle of Listerine. Yeah. You've got a full size <laughs> bottle of Pepto Bismol in the kit, one that's outside the kit. You've got all these bottles. There's no way all of that fits in his shaving kit slash toiletry kit. No way. That at all. is definitely true. <laughs> and I true. also just noticed behind the the Mylocon gas tablets is a box of Preparation H. <laughs> that, that I didn't notice. Is, I, I behind that is foot powder. So the guy's got athlete's foot. He's got hemorrhoids. He's got bad gas and halitosis. <laughs> <laughs> what a fun sleeping companion! <laughs> completely, completely. Now I, I didn't finish about Listerine though. Oh, sorry. So <laughs> in the in the first seven years after they started using it to to fight halitosis. Their revenues rose from $115,000 a year to $18 million Wow. in the 1930s. Think about that. That's just unbelievable. Change your branding, and suddenly you're a millionaire. Completely. And there's, there are many false claims over the years that Listerine cures other things. Okay. <laughs> there, there were false claims that it cures dandruff if you put it on your head. <laughs> if you... Okay, there are false claims that it that it will it will help with colds or with sore throats, or if you want to just talk about what we're dealing all we're dealing with now, or hopefully when this is released, we're no longer dealing with it. But there's actually false information that Listerine fights off COVID. Wow! And they they ended up they ended up having to put change the label in 2020, saying that that Listerine does not fight COVID <laughs> because so many people believed that it did. Wow. And obviously we're talking about the basic Corona kind of virus, not the novel that came out a uh, novel specific one that we were dealing with, but still I can imagine with the alcohol in it, people just assume, well, it's burns in my It'll mouth. Kill anything. The germs in my <laughs> mouth must kill all germs. Right. Exactly. I want to know, though, okay. because when this was initially sold as a floor cleaner and then suddenly someone got the bright idea, it's, it helps with bad breath. And, it, and on a dime, they suddenly become a multi-million dollar company. You know, there was some grandmother or grandfather who was a gas or like, I was just cleaning the floor with that. And now you're gargling with it. <laughs> I believe you are correct. <laughs> These kids are crazy. They're using floor cleaner to what to make their breath smell good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Definitely. All right, so let's let's move along to Pepto Bismol. What, <laughs> what do you know about Pepto Bismol? Uh, I remember as a kid that was a big thing that my mom and dad would have at the in the cupboard if you had an upset stomach, if you had indigestion, or if you had diarrhea. It seemed to be like a one size fits all for any kind of gastrointestinal problems. Very good. So it treats nausea, heartburn, indigestion, uh, upper stomach problems, and diarrhea. Very good. It's actually we, made we, we from our share of Pepto Bismol. <laughs> yeah, it's made from bismuth, uh, subsalicylate. Sub That's what it's it called. Yeah. It uh, it actually, and I remember this when when I I didn't remember it until I I wrote it down, or I read it again that it causes people to have black tongue and black stools. I remember when we'd have black when we'd have Pepto Bismol. I remember my mother used to always tell me, "Don't be scared. It's going to change your stool to be very dark." Also, huh? So never thought about it. Okay. Yeah. First time I've heard and about if it. you 
<laughs> and if you use it, and if you use it too much, it can actually cause toxicity. Oh, that's nice. Okay. So in other words, it's, it's a poison. Good. Nice. It was the nice. it was, yeah, it was developed in the early 1900s and was used to treat infant cholera. Okay. Then in 1919, they actually started selling it as Pepto Bismol, and you can get it in chewable tablets, swallowable caplets, or in the original form, which Dell likes to use, the thick liquid. <laughs> so what are we learning here, though, folks, is that when people come up with some kind of a new medicine, some kind of a new thing to help cure something, 10, 15 years down the road, we realize, okay, it never worked for what we thought, but here's something new we can try. Yeah, let's try with this. Maybe that'll work. Infant cholera. I can't even imagine trying to get an infant to swallow Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> I don't know. Now, you mentioned the fact that, that we see a bunch of different N-acids there. Mm -hmm. okay. So, okay, what do you know about N-acids? Uh, well, obviously, when you have indigestion or heartburn, when you've got uh, reflux, it's too much stomach acid, and so... Uh, antacids literally are anti-acid. They're bases that you take to help neutralize, hopefully, the acidic content of your stomach. Wow. You see, you really are. You really do know more than just about movies, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> well, it neutralizes. I'm a big fan of Tums here in our house when we have a, uh, too much chili. <laughs> you might need one or two of those before you go to bed. <laughs> there you go. So it, it neutralizes stomach acidity when you have heartburn, indigestion, or, or an upset stomach. It's also used for either constipation and diarrhea, and most people deal with it when they have uh, a gastroesophageal reflux disease, as you mentioned. Very good. If you use it too much, it can actually cause kidney stones. Good. Okay. The liquid form is called milk of magnesia, and the liquid form actually causes quicker relief than the, the tablets themselves. They have these chewable tablets, which are made of calcium, magnesium, aluminum, and sodium. And then they have something known as an effervescent tablet. Do you know what that is? Is that the um, the pop, plop, fizz, fizz, you know, kind of really? Very good. Alka-Seltzer, <laughs> yes. Very good. See, Alan, you're, you're, you're great here. You, you, know, you know as much as, as I can find on Wikipedia. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's all everybody's product so it, it goes back in now what we would consider today nostalgic conversation for these ads and and things because the way these look they're not bismol looking classic like this but almost all of this has either been updated in branding and look none of the stuff pretty much looks this way anymore which is hysterical. Right. That's true. That's very true. So what what I always remember about the these these tablets so you have the Alka Seltzer. Gaviscon and Eno. Those are the three main ones that people use. Now, do you remember the, the commercial from Alka-Seltzer where you see a guy sitting on a bed and he says to his wife, I can't believe I whole ate the thing. whole thing. <laughs> I, I can't believe I ate the whole thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I and the commercial, like I said, I already kind of sang it, but the whole, especially when you had the kid's voice singing, you know, the plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what early fizz. <laughs> Can I tell you, you, I have never in my <laughs> life tried Alka-Seltzer. I've had almost everything else on this counter at some point in my life from my parents or just me as a teenager uh, or as me as a young adult and then having kids of my own. 
but never tried Alka Seltzer. Have you? Okay. Even 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 preparation H. Okay, I'm talking uh, about the antacid here. We're talking about the antacid. <laughs> <laughs> I've had chewable thumbs. I know when I was a kid we did Pepto I know I've had uh, milk of magnesia, Phillips, milk of magnesia. Yeah. Um, I never tried the Mylocon, exactly. but I remember that name um, for gas. But you know, it's like he's he's taking Mylocon right. and Phillips and Pepto Bismol. I mean, I guess he doesn't know which is going to work better, so he just does them all. <laughs> right. I wonder if someone were actually trying to figure out if if all the caps that are sitting around would actually fit on these bottles. You know, if you could like you know do a puzzle because we see the a bunch of caps that are well, there. Too. I, I can tell you the the. Yeah. the, the the pink cap close to the open Pepto Bismol that goes with that, and then the black cap is it for the Listerine. Okay, could be, but again, he leaves so much stuff on there, and I mean, the fact that he leaves his his nail clippers open like that also. Open is there, it funny. looks like the toothpaste does not have the cap on it, and it's just lying on the edge of the sink, <laughs> a dirty sink at yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, completely. Well, next week we'll talk about how dirty it really gets, but uh, you know. <laughs> Okay, so the final thing I wanted to discuss that that's on this uh, this this rack here, the the sink, is Q-tips. Yeah. Okay. Probably. So what do you, what do you know about okay, Q-tips? So as a, a swab, it's that's a name brand Q-tip. They're actually they're supposed to be called cotton swabs. Wait. Yeah, cotton swabs. But um. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Q-tips is what we always call any kind of a thing that you use for cleaning your ears. Um, that's usually what um we use them for. I guess you could use them to apply uh, alcohol or other things to cuts or other things, but almost always use them for cleaning your ears. Okay, very good. So in 1923, Polish-American Leo Gerstenzing okay, uh, saw his wife attach two wads of cotton to a toothpick in order to clean their little infant's ears. And he said, wow, that's such a great idea. I'm going to market these. <laughs> and he created them and he called them, they were called baby gays. They were intended only for infants mm-hmm. at the beginning. And then they re- renamed them Q-tips baby gays with the Q standing for, what do you think Q stands for? Quality. <laughs> Very good. Really? Yeah. No, <laughs> yes. you're pulling my Laria. <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. And eventually they they, they dropped the 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 baby gaze part of it and it just became known as Q-tips and as, as you mentioned it has become the generic name just like we say Kleenex for tissues you know there, there's there's a lot of them out there we say band-aid for all kind of bandages that's right correct so yeah that that's what I have about that I mean I I could I could have gone on I could have done more research on some of the other things there but I I think we got a pretty good idea of the type of things that Dell has left on this counter. The only thing I wanted now, to mention, and I don't know if it is what it is, but it reminds me so much, and it's hard to tell because the label is blocked by the open Pepto-Bismol bottle, is that Aqua Velva. Because that was a huge thing in the 80s, Aqua Velva for men, like the cheap aftershave that you can afford, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a very good question. I, that's I don't what know. it looks like to me, I, Aquavel. In the 80s, I never used Aquavel. I, I never did, but I, I, mean, I, I haven't. I haven't since either. But yeah, no, I can honestly say I never fell into the trap, and thankfully my girls never bought me that. But as a young kid growing up, buying something for my dad for Christmas, it was like, oh, I remember the commercials, the Aquavelva man. And I'm like, get dad Aquavelva. And I'm like, okay. So I would always like get my dad a thing. I don't even know if he even liked it or ever used it, but I just always thought because of TV commercials, Getting my dad Aqua Velva aftershave. 
Now, what do you think that is the, there's like a, something brown, like a, it looks like a brown bag or maybe like a large wallet um, right next to the hairdryer. I can't figure out what that is. Could that be another bag that he's, that he was using to, to hold some of this stuff in? I don't know. I can't tell. But I mean, it looks strange, doesn't it? Uh-huh. And the and the framing that yeah, I've got no. here, because I'm not, I'm watching, I'm looking at it on my computer monitor, so I don't have exactly you know, like widescreen 16 by 9 here, but mm-hmm. it's hard to see. Yeah, no, I can't tell what that is. All right. Okay, well, I guess that'll remain a mystery for us. <laughs> <laughs> so Neil takes one look at this whole thing, and it's just in complete shock. He can't believe that there is so much stuff there. And then now, as, now let me as ask you this question, because he's looking at it. Wouldn't he have noticed that getting into the shower? Or did all this happen while he was in the shower, since we talked about that there was some things going on while he was in the shower that was left out of the script? Because it feels I believe this is all I believe this all happened when he was in the shower. Okay. There's there's no way that it didn't, but but again, it doesn't make that it doesn't make any sense because if Dell took a shower before him, so then it should all be there. But if Dell took a shower after him, then it's not there yet. Okay, I so the like, where would all these towels? Where would all these towels get wet from? Well, just the, just the sheer mess because he's looking around in disgust. Obviously, Dell went and took a shower first. He's the one wearing the robe. He's the one wearing the slippers. He's having the evening smoke and having the magic fingers bed. So it's obvious Dell went first. It's just weird that we're getting this. And and of course we don't think about it until we slow it down. Why wouldn't he have noticed all of the garbage and there were no towels before he went in the shower? Right. Exactly. I, I don't have an interview, which 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 is further proof that possibly some of this happened while he was in the shower. You know, as we mentioned in the script, that Dell went and was using the toilet. So I don't know. No idea. Because again, it's not mentioned in the script and we don't see it here. So I, I don't know what nope. they're trying to tell us here. But it just but, makes well, absolutely no sense that all of these towels would be so drenched at this point, unless there was a leak somewhere and, and uh, you know, the towels happened to be, I don't know, all the water got them. I don't know. No, no. You're going you're to have to wait for my story. <laughs> all right. All right. I, well, have been, I, can, I can tell you I have been Steve Martin in this situation. All right. All right. We're, we're going to get there. We're, we're, we're almost there. We're almost there. <laughs> so... Steve Martin, Neil looks around and then he looks at the the towel rack and notices one little pink hand towel <laughs> that's sitting there. <laughs> and he doesn't know what he's going to do. And then he walks out, uh, he gets out of the shower and puts his foot down on the first towel that's there, which you can see is just completely drenched because water starts seeping out of it as soon as his foot touches it. Now, it just, it grosses me out just watching that, you know, knowing that it's someone else had did has done this. And then we see that there's a newspaper on the floor that is also mm-hmm. completely wet, which goes back to what we were saying about Dell, you know, reading the newspaper there, he just throws it on the floor. I don't know. Just, and the music here is, is just unbelievable. You know, we get those, those cartoonish musical tones yep. that we were talking about uh, earlier. And and then he he puts his second foot on the floor, which again, ick, that's just too much. <laughs> and then he he takes that little towel and starts looking at it and opens it up, 
and starts dabbing his face with it. <laughs> gingerly patting his eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't want to try to go too quickly. Save it. Go slow. <laughs> well, because you you don't want you don't want the, the the washcloth to to get too wet too quickly. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> exactly. Air dry. Air dry. <laughs> well, he's got the 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 hair dryer there. He could probably use that. Try and air dry something else. <laughs> Don't know. So, you have anything else for this minute? No, I think we've <laughs> we've dissected it as much as you can. Uh, pretty much. We, we we could have gone deeper, but I think we did enough. So the script only has one little minor discrepancy where it says that he has there are two washcloths for him instead of one. It's the only difference. Doesn't make a difference. I think it's funnier that there is only one. Yeah, so, funnier for one. Yeah. So there's really nothing else uh, to say about that. So every Friday we do weekend candy, where my guests will give their top five John Candy films so alan you want to tell us your top five weekend all candy? Right. I, know you're, I know you're taking notes and you're going to eventually have a, a, a final tally of all your guests at the end of the season yes so I, will. I will start off with number five loved it when it came out i still think it's funny it's a silly disney flick but cool runnings number five all right number four i think the first R-rated comedy movie I ever saw, Stripes. Now, I don't know if that's a if you consider that a full John Candy movie, but John Candy is in Stripes. Okay. That is true. He's there. That's what it, it doesn't have to be just a, a full John Candy movie. Don't worry about that. Number 3, The Great Outdoors. Uh, the Great Outdoors, I I, I always I I remember seeing it in the theater and I I really enjoyed it when I saw it. The the thing that always gets me is is the the steak, the steak scene. Right. Trying to eat the 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 yeah the was it five pound steak? Trying to do it all in one sitting? Something like that, yeah. Uh, number two, Uncle Buck. Fun movie, another John Hughes flick, and no surprise, my number one favorite John Candy film: Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Ooh, very nice, very nice. So far, three out of four of our guests have chosen this as their favorite John Candy movie. So. I think if you look at the other movies where he's got a similar type of character, whether he's the guard in National Lampoon Vacation, whether he's, um, you know, Uncle Buck, Great Outdoors, uh, even to an extent playing in Spaceballs, this movie is the one where he he's like at the height of this kind of a character. Goofy sidekick. You want to you want to hate him and love him at the same time. You can't fault him, even though he's got so many faults. And he's just genuinely funny. Yeah, very true. All right, so we, we've now reached the point where, where Alan has been waiting all day to get to. <laughs> Every day we, we do the segment off the beaten track where myself or my guest will tell a little adventure or misadventure that they may have had over the course of their lives. So, Alan, what misadventure do you want to tell us about a little washcloth in a bathroom or whatever? So my youngest <laughs> – my youngest daughter was involved in gymnastics from age five until almost through high school. We were hoping that if she stuck with it, she might go to college on scholarship money, decided in the middle of her high school years that her social life and boys were more important. And it, of course, crushed us. But one trip, because you, you always take regional trips in, in gymnastics, we had a hotel room and it was me and my wife and Sophie and one of Sophie's friends 
that we were sort of being the chaperone for. And so I, because they take so long to get their hair done, anybody who's listening, if you've got a daughter who does com- competitive cheer, regular cheer, gymnastics, you know just getting the hair sprayed, putting it in place, make sure it doesn't pop out, is a long process. So I told my wife, I'm like, okay, the girls can go first, then you can go, so that way you can do their hair. I'll take my shower last. <laughs> well, I heard you see where I this is going. That <laughs> same thing happened. First of all, the girls take such hot showers. There was literal water and steam uh, condensation on all the walls. It felt like everything was just wet walking in the bathroom. There was, there was the, the floor was wet. The toilet was wet. Everything had condensation, mist, steamy condensation. I didn't think about it because I just jumped in the shower, got out, realized, okay, I've got just a, a sopping wet floor mat from all the girls that had gone before me. I think one of them didn't realize you were supposed to put the uh, shower curtain in the tub. You know how it's got the, the outer liner and then there's the inner liner. Like the outer one's usually fabric. The inner one's more plastic. Yeah. You put the plastic in there so that way when the shower hits it, it's, it falls in the tub. It was outside the tub, so there was water all over. So I'm sitting on a sopping wet floor mat trying to figure out, okay, I'm not going to be able to dry my feet because there's no dry flooring. And then I looked at the rack and I was like, are you kidding me? One freaking hand towel is all that was left. Everyone else, because the girls needed one for their hair, because they had to put their thing up in the little turban bun and one wrapped around them so that way they didn't, you know, they could walk outside of the shower and the next one could take their shower. I'm not thinking about it. So two towels go for their heads, two towels for their bodies. My wife takes a towel for her head and her body. All of the towels are gone except for a, a hand towel. And I'm like, are you? And I literally said through the bathroom, like, are you kidding me? My wife's like, what? I'm like, there's only one hand towel. And she goes, well, just air dry. You'll be fine. And I'm like, so I have to stand here? And I, I did the thing where I took the hand towel and literally blotted my whole body, wrung it out, and then tried to pat anything left over and just sat there until I wasn't feeling wet anymore. So I learned from that point forward, either get extra towels if I'm traveling with girls or at least stash one of the towels for me. Or check before you get in. Check before I get in. That's a, that's a good that that that's a good lesson right there. Yes, but uh, um, thankfully that's never happened again. But it was because two daughter or a daughter and her friend, basically one of those girls that's always at the house. So it's almost like a a built in daughter. Anybody who has girls probably knows you've got two or three other girls running around your house at any time. But uh, a wife and two daughters in competitive ch- gymnastics. Yeah, they. Uh, I'm just happy it was the hotel because I think if we had been staying at a friend's house, they would have used all the hot water in the tank with as much steam it was in that bathroom. Oh wow, crazy! <laughs> and do do you remember if at the time you thought about planes, trains, and automobiles? I did not. I did not at all. Not until <laughs> we were looking at the minutes coming up this week, and you said, you know, if you've got a silly story, I'm like, I've got a perfect one for the end of the week. All right. Excellent. So you want to once again tell people how they can get in touch with you, Alan? Sure. It's real easy. Just Google The Wilder Ride. Uh, we're everywhere by that name. The website is thewilderride.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and then pretty much every podcatcher out there. We do movies of Gene Wilder. The first two seasons were dedicated to movies by minutes format, which includes uh, Young Frankenstein season one and Blazing Saddles season two. Cool. All right. And you can go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcatcher you might be using to listen to this show. And to find me, just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook, on Twitter, or you can just go to our website. So, Alan, once again, I want to thank you. This has been such a fun week. It's 
it's been very educational for me and <laughs> less for you since, since you apparently know everything that Wikipedia already says about these things. You know, I was able to fill in dates. I guess yes. that was it. You know, you didn't, you didn't know when things were created, but you know exactly all that information. So I that was great. Toiletries. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. Well, it's been awesome. Thank you so much for having me back. Uh, really, really appreciate it. And, uh, a little bit different than The Great Escape, but uh, one of the greatest all-time com comic pairings and just a pleasure to be part of this. All right, cool. And and hopefully I'll, I'll have you back next season for, for another week of something when I decide I'm, what I'm going to do. If Who you knows? have me back, I'll be, I'll, I'll be happy to come back. I'll, I'll come running. Ooh, fun, fun, fun. <laughs> All right. So have a great weekend, everybody. And we'll see you on Monday with a new guest. But until then, you're fun. And just like what my wife said when I said, oh, come on. You're fine. <laughs>